Need another big third down conversion. Meyer looking to throw, fires deep down the left side for Blythe, and he has the catch. Tiptoeing the sidelines, 20, 10, 5, touchdown Todd Blythe, his fourth of the day. Unbelievable. Man, what is it, episode number, are we at number seven now? I have no idea. Honestly, no clue. It's yeah, not that, it's single digits still, but. Single day, Indianola. Education, ring it true. Get a, oh, a little drink there, a little Cody Rowe. Hey. Of course. Welcome. All right, welcome. Yeah, Meyer to Blythe podcast. I'm your, one of uh, one of the co-hosts, Brett Meyer. Joined, as always, by the man, the myth, the legend, Todd Blythe. <laughs> I don't know if I'm any of those things. Uh, yes. Hello, Brett. How are you? Doing well, buddy. How are you? Wonderful, man. I was, I was really encouraged um, as, as just a proud American in the debate that we all saw last night and just really, really empowering and just showed true leadership from, you know, both men, especially our president. And yeah, it was just something that I, I, I tuned in and just put everything down and, and really was not discouraged at all throughout the whole debate and, and, uh, imagine you came away with a very similar, uh, you know, similar result. Absolutely. I'm glad you just want to jump right in. I figured, you know, tonight's podcast would be roughly an hour and a half, maybe two hours of politic talk. Yeah, um, absolutely. Talk about you know, who we're voting for and why. Yeah, and that's then, what people uh, want to hear. Yeah, and, and why our vote is right and why everyone else is wrong. What an absolute gong show. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was uh, – that was, I mean, me and you were talking a little bit before we started recording, and it's just like all the people, you know, the, the traits that we would look for in a leader, um, all those traits, those traits, I guess, lead, would lead someone to not want to get into politics um, because this is what the two parties that we have in our country, this is the, apparently the, the best we have on, on either side to offer. Um, but that, that was, you got one guy who just wants to be loud uh, and talk over the other person and insult. Uh, and I guess both candidates were really doing that. I mean, it was, it was tough to watch. I, I watched yeah. as much as I could before it was just like, okay, I, I've had enough of this. So. Yeah. I think one was worse than the other. I think Donald was a little worse, but, um, yeah, I mean, Biden wasn't by any stretch uh, a gentleman, but uh, you know, what, I mean, what do you do? How do you... Not super impressive in that setting either. I mean, Biden off the cuff, isn't going to be the, uh, I don't know if that's the greatest, uh, situation for him is to be uh, thinking quickly on his feet. Um, but Donald Trump, I mean, we don't really need to get too deep into politics here and, and the way, you know, either of us leans one way or the other, but I think everyone can agree that Donald Trump is just a complete asshole um, and just not a very good person. So yeah. um, that's going to be my statement on the, uh, Yeah. If you go back and look at Biden, some of the debates he had with like Paul Ryan, he was good, but I, I just don't know. Like, yeah, he's pretty one. good 10, 15 years ago. Well, if, yeah, if he's, if he's, you know, energized and is sharp, but also, like, you know, it's hard when you're debating somebody like that to just – who's just going to, like, literally his strategy was, like, I'm not going to let you get anything off. I'm yeah. going to talk over you. And, you know, and, like, and well, what's his name? Default, when Biden's default is that I think he's actually probably a, a, a pretty good guy or at least a decent person, especially in comparison – it's hard to just decide that, okay, he's talking over me, so I'm going to have to try and do the same. If that's not his normal, you know, mentality or his, his normal kind of default mode in the discussion, it's hard to just turn that on. Um, it's, yeah, it's not. So I mean, he's been, yeah, he's been around long enough. I think people know that's not really his style, but right. 
I mean, that's why Trump is here because everyone else just got eaten up by him, you know, on yep. the Republican uh, primaries and everything. Yep. So. Uh, supposed billionaire or millionaire, however you want to look at his uh, finances, son of, a, <laughs> son of a billionaire or millionaire that was gifted all that money somehow became oh. the champion of the blue collar worker. I love, I just laugh at like the whole tax thing. He's just like, wouldn't you just want to like run businesses that all make money and yeah, you're going to pay taxes, but like you're going to find loopholes instead of just reporting like hundreds of millions of dollars in losses. <laughs> just like, oh. yeah, it's like, it's scary. I, I, I don't this know. This should be scary for both sides. That the fact he's got over 400 million in debt and 300, some of that could come due in the next four years. Yeah. Man. But like, yeah, it's, it's okay. Anyway, let's yeah. please God, let's talk about something. <laughs> I just, I, I, I honestly, this is like my last tidbit about it. So like my company has a lot of, um, they send a lot of like, kind of like read it, delete it type emails that sometimes like those just get deleted. Well, I'm just saying like, for me, it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of dig into them and then leave them. And you know, when I go my typically, like once I put the grills down, I go back and answer all the emails for the day that, that weren't like urgent that I answered right away. And then, so I had like, you know, like a month and a half worth of like kind of read it, delete emails I needed to clean up. So I'm like on my computer watching this thing. And I just literally was like, I powered through, I got all my emails cleaned up. I had literally had not a single email in my inbox, which felt great. Yeah. The, the, the block of time set aside for the debate was a good block of time. Yeah. I, 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 I tuned in for like 10 minutes and I was like, okay, this is what it is. Deuces. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, gladly move on i think everyone is uh just ready for if, this if anybody's still listening now we're going to yeah. talk a little iowa state so yeah, i think everybody's just ready for the election to be over and you know who knows just hunker down if it doesn't go your way live your life don't let it dominate your thoughts you no know doubt. And everything you do and hopefully in another speaking four years we'll get some good young blood in there so. speaking of domination how about uh, jaquan bailey this past saturday and our yeah, defense man. How about well? First off, let's tip our hat to the one of our one of my favorite teammates. Also, that was a pro segue there, there, by the way. Yeah, yeah that was pretty good. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> hey, Sean Moorhead, man, one of oh, the yes. the funniest people you'll ever encounter in your life. Um, yeah, Jaquan Bailey breaks uh, the all-time sack record. That, that um, probably one of the more unassuming people and just blue-collar walk-on and just is like, hey, Moorhead got another sack. Moorhead had like one of those yeah. guys and. Moorhead was one of those guys where you look up in the stat book uh, or the box score after every game. It's just like, oh, yeah, he had another, you know, tackle and a half for loss, another sack this game, another four or five tackles. Yeah, he, uh, was, uh, he wasn't going to celebrate after sacks. It was just kind of pick himself back up off the ground, get back to the defensive huddle and strap it up for the next play. But, yeah, he was a, he was a stud yeah. and he's an absolute great guy in the locker room. So Yeah, I think, you know, our, our, I'm pretty encouraged and excited about our defense. And, you know, we can keep everyone healthy and on the field and – you know, it's just our defensive line rotations and yeah, everyone involved. I think your linebacking crew, obviously Mike Rose, that kind of the ceiling interception was just a ridiculous play. I yeah, mean, just was. his awareness and a lot of guys are around the ball like that, but can't finish the play and make the, make the interception and make the catch. And he was able to do that, which, you know, he's a gamer. And yeah, I mean, we got a lot of guys on the back end, just two downhill safeties. Mm-hmm. you know some good young corners and yeah i like i love our defense obviously our defense is going to give us a chance about every week i think and then our offense uh you know our, our offense did enough on saturday and, and hopefully that's kind of their dmo and i think they'll get better to the point where they can win us some ball games too but for right now our defense is playing really well um and i think they'll do that throughout the season where the offense as long as they can keep up and uh and put a few points on the board we're going to be in a good shot uh, or a good spot to uh to go after this big 12 title 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think we're there. I think we've kind of worked out the kinks you saw because TCU is always going to have, you know, Spielman. You know, his, 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 he's adopted and his dad's the GM of the He was in Nebraska before, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the Spielman kid who's um, – yeah, his dad's the GM of the Vikings. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, burn, yeah he, he's good. And they got t- – I mean, it's TCU. They just got a bunch of track guys out there returning kicks and punts. And mm-hmm. for us to be able to – have the success we did after the travesty that was our week one, you know, kick coverage on <laughs> punt and kickoff was, uh, was extremely encouraging to see. Um, yeah. I think everybody involved, you could see that just the discipline and guys weren't, you know, they were just under control and there was no open lanes and, you know, everything was. You could tell um, it was a point of emphasis in the two weeks leading up to, to last Saturday. Yeah. I, I did see all of a sudden special teams wise, um, my boy Connor with one of the all-time uh, worst missed extra points. I like I like turned away and I saw the ball like 19 yards left of the up, left. <laughs> I'm like, what was that? He's a good kicker. He's been good for us. I don't want to. Yeah, that you know, was I don't want uh, to light ho- him up. Hosel shank there. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a Todd Byth Hosel shot, man. She yeah. was about seven or eight times around. Hate to you. see it. They hate to see it. But um, overall, uh, extremely encouraging. Obviously, to go down there and get the win. Defense played well. Uh, offensively. Making strides. I mean, Brees Hall in the run game, that was kind of what I talked with Chris at halftime. It was like, if we can have a more consistent run game, you know, I think that we're going to be able to kind of pull away. Because in the first half we had, he had the one long run. It was like 75 yards, something like that. Other than that, it was like one, two, three-yard averages. Obviously, it's not something. And you can kind of be skewed if you have that one long run to think your run game's in good shape because of the total yardage. But, yeah, overall, he looked great. And I'm excited. Uh, You know, Oklahoma – sometimes i don't know how they lose some of those games they must just like lose focus or like how do you lose the kansas state at home they should never do that one, one last thing that i kind of wanted to bring up about the tcu game that was i thought really encouraging was purdy hit eight different receivers in the game um obviously it's nice to have uh Cole, the big tight end back um but eight different receivers and that's with Tariq milton out and also uh sean shaw didn't have a catch um two guys that i think we've kind of relied on that are at the top of the depth chart um, and neither of those guys, obviously, Milton didn't play, but neither of those guys had a catch, and we still had eight different guys that uh, have receptions in that game. So that's that's huge. The guys are stepping up, and, and the difference from first game to, to second game was we got guys that were able to separate, get open, and then make the catch when they had a chance, and I thought Purdy was sharper. Uh, and then Brees Hall, I mean, he looked so good. He's the definition of just easy speed. That 75-yard run, he looks like he's just out for a jog and he's pulling away from guys. So Yeah, he's smooth. I think he got back this just, you know – at the first game, it seemed like he was messing around the backfield, doing a little bit too much, and that's not his game. And I think, no, you know, he's Campbell, a big one cut and get down. Yeah, one front. cut, and yeah, he's smooth, man. He he's a joy to watch, and um, he's definitely repping the twenty-eight, Troy Davis. Uh, yes, you know, Darren Day. He's as much that. as uh, Troy Davis hates it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, he's doing good. He's doing good things. I know. I even was kind of like, man, it'd be nice just to hold that number. He's probably the best player we've ever had, but it is what it is. So yeah, he, he's definitely representing and, and, uh, and continuing the standard of the 28. So uh, sure. but yeah, encouraging to see, man. And we're coming out with the black unis. Do you I like the black that. uniforms? Yeah, man. Coming out looking like Batman. I love that. He would have looked terrible in those uniforms. <laughs> with my long, white, with white extra arms. white. Oh. I would have had to get. I would have had to get the tights and long sleeves. They even have a. You know, one thing I was thinking right. about, like night game. Like we know where Todd's at. We could see his. <laughs> yeah, always open. It's the only guy glowing in the dark over there outside. Oh, you had to wear sunscreen under the lights. It was so bad. <laughs> 
All right. This isn't about me, Brett. Don't make Yeah, I know. I know. So the black unis, I don't know if we've lost in those yet. I know we wore them. I think we're 3-0. 3-0 three, yeah. three, uh, three and oh in night games in the black uni. So yeah, so. That. so we're going against uh, the quarterback whisper and Lincoln Riley, their head coach. Um, yet another quarterback, uh, fourth, fourth starter in four years, Spencer Rattler, redshirt freshman, the ball in this year, of course. So just a bunch of system QBs coming out of there and going to the NFL every year. I'd say – Baker might be a system guy. He might be just average, but Kyler is a he's a unicorn. Well, man. some of the stuff he's done running the ball and making NFL these yeah. you know pro defenders that get paid millions of dollars and making them look like junior high uh, B team tacklers. Mm-hmm. It's that's he's fun to watch. Yeah, he. Um, I remember watching like when they played Oklahoma here and just like okay, he, like I was getting like how's this kid? He's like five five. And he's like the best recruit to ever come out of Texas. I just don't get it. And then watching him throw the ball, you're like, okay, it's just different. Like some guys yeah, like different. <laughs> like Mahomes throwing the ball, it's different. Like Matt Stafford throwing the ball, Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, it's just different. Mm-hmm. Same thing with him. It's just different. And Rattler's got a little bit of that in him. He's got a Spencer Rattler. He's got a really natural throwing motion. He's young. But I like our defense against them because, I mean, they, Oklahoma was minus four in the turnover margin. Rattler had three picks. Through three interceptions. I mean, that's obviously and our, you know, our 35 14. We can get after people. Yeah, we can get after him and not even just put pressure, but just we sit back with eight. You know, we drop eight or whatever True. kind we of defense we're going to run. That's, that's tough. He, he's going to get impatient and he's going to turn the ball over. He's shown that in the first two games. But so, yeah, I think that's going to be. Especially with key. the crowd that's going to be there. <laughs> yeah, 15,000 strong, liquored up and yelling. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like, uh, yeah, I mean, I would imagine. Like a spring game. Yeah, the, the, well, the, the, we didn't ever get 15, but I would imagine that uh, – And Oklahoma gets more than 15. I know. The fans that are going to be there are like the fans of the fans. Hopefully we prioritize like long-time season ticket holders. and I'm sure we know, did. Yeah, those who have contributed and donated the program, and that would be nice. To, hopefully they get it if they want to go. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's – it's it yeah, it's a bummer that we have this game at home this year and we don't get an opportunity to take advantage of that. Especially on, on national TV at night, too, to show our crowd and, and what they would look like coming into a game like this. I mean, nobody tailgates as good as Iowa State fans. We have the best setup for it at Jack Trice. Um, so, you know, they'd be all uh, – they'd get a few pops in them before the game started. They'd be all ready to go loud and, and, and crazy in the, in the stands. So, yeah, it's too bad that uh, a redshirt freshman quarterback, first-year starter, isn't going to get to experience all that. But um, – that's fine. I like our chances going into Saturday night. Yeah, I do. I think if we can if we can make them one-dimensional, because right now it looks – I mean, they didn't even rush for 100 yards. I think they were like 75 yards against um, against Kansas State. Make them one-dimensional, turn them over. Um, you know, Brock Purdy, the one interception he had was obviously oh – Yeah, I mean, he, he's the type of player. He's got enough good tape enough goodwill to where you'll put up with some maybe a turnover here or there or you put up with hey you took a sack trying to make a play or extend a play like that's a play that obviously you don't put up with now I, <laughs> yeah. I can imagine like I had some pretty bad plays during my career and coach you know Todd Fitch who's now the OC at Vanderbilt was my coach and he was he was a pretty funny guy so he would just like <laughs> he would like stop before like the you know whatever like abysmal play I made and be like you want to see it <laughs> no wait and of course wink wink but yeah let's see it you know all the other quarterbacks in the uh, room yeah, and, but he just like, easy skip over it and i don't think i have know to, it's i mean that's yeah i mean it's probably one of the yeah. in, that, in that situation he's yeah, gonna I get to that play there's nothing to be learned he knows that he just made a bonehead move yeah. to just eat that one live to fight another down 
Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's I think we, we, yeah. that's funny. You used to do that. <laughs> do you want to see it? Like, nah, I'm good, man. But yeah, I mean, I think just we, we, we turn them over and we take care of the ball and Brees has another good game. And cause you know, Oklahoma's defense under Lincoln Riley, if one thing you're going to get, it's going to be undisciplined. There's going to be guys, you know, there's going to be guys outside in the wrong lane. There's going to be guys that are going to bust coverages. I mean, for whatever reason, they can't get their defense figured out with one of the best offenses in the country. So yeah, I will hope that they don't figure it out this week, but we'll have a motivated Oklahoma team. They're now backs up against the wall and they got to run the table and, uh, and we'll see what happens. But I like, uh, I like Iowa state. I'm not just being a homer here. I think we win a high scoring game. I think Oklahoma backs against the wall, young quarterback, a lot of turmoil, just different year. I don't, I don't know how, Discipline Lincoln Riley is with his team, and I just think a lot of distractions in this week. And I yeah, like the Cyclones. Can, you can see that quarterback maybe pressing a little bit down the stretch. Um, you know, we have a, although we made that that one play last week, we have a you know a starter, a third year starter at quarterback for us, uh, who's seen you know been around the Big Twelve a couple of times now, so he knows what this stuff is about. He knows what high pressure games are about. So um, yeah, like we said all year, you know, stacking up quarterback to quarterback, I like our chance with Brock Purdy. So. Yeah. Okay. It looks like the Heat are up eighty to fifty four right now in game one of the NBA finals. Um the Heat are up? Or excuse me, the Lakers. Lakers are up eighty say. to fifty four. I was gonna say you're watching a different game than I'm watching. Yeah, it's um it's interesting though, because I think the bubble ball is, is a big reason why the Heat are there and the Lakers might just be because yeah, yeah, I mean you got Tyler Hero dropping thirty seven points. That's not happening on the road in the Eastern Conference Finals game, whatever it was in Boston. Nope. You know? No, nope, so. it's definitely not. Yeah, but um it's a, it's probably almost a, the bubble's probably a disadvantage for the Lakers because you got LeBron who's been to nine out of the last ten finals. I mean, this stuff he's not going to get he's not going to get nervous and this kind of stuff. He'll get you know excited and anxious a little bit for the game, but you can't tell me that he's got any bad nerves going walking into these games. He's he's done this too many times. Um, so I mean, it's probably a, an advantage for the Heat, obviously, like you're saying, and disadvantage for the Lakers. Yeah, I'm not even listening to you, LeBron hater. Look like um, Brian, you look like Brian Scalabrini. You got a red beard. There's a little freckles. To it. Yeah, you can see it on the screen, can't you? Yeah, this is great radio talking about how bad your beard <laughs> is. But um, let's uh, it's, so it's, it's full and not patchy like uh, like my co-host here. I went back to the goatee. I had a beard run during the quarantine, and I was connected. Not about a great look. No, my right side connects all the way. Left side's a little patchy. We finally, we finally <laughs> mailed it in. Yeah, I'll fuzz back on the left. Just get my good side. But uh, all right. Well, hey, you, uh, you mentioned this guy earlier, Aaron Rodgers. Um, you want to talk about? Uh, we want to talk about Alan Lazard at all on the night he had. I, look, I I get so excited to watch him play. Like I look for him oh. on every formation. You can tell how he's standing up, which receiver he is, and like they were without Devontae Adams, and somebody needed to step up. And I mean, first off, like. I'm so happy for Lazard. Like he's somebody. I I got so pissed off when he didn't get drafted. I got just like he's a guy, what are we he's, doing? Like he, just, what a I mean, just what a great kid. Obviously, he's super super talented, and but has absolutely worked his butt off to get to where he's at. You hear it all the time. The stories you hear why Aaron Rodgers is falling in love with him as a teammate um, because of how he's worked and how he's you know he's had these slights against him of not getting drafted. Jacksonville tried to make him a, a tight end and then he goes to the Packers and the Packers cut him and put him on P squad. So he's had all these, these reasons to get chips on his shoulders. He hasn't bitched. He hasn't complained. He's just kind of filed it away as, as motivation. And now when he's gotten his opportunity at the end of last year and now coming into this year, 
he has absolutely, you know, made the most of it and just balled when he's got the chance. And six catches for 146 yards and, and a touchdown. Um, probably could have been two touchdowns if his legs had kept working on that 72-yarder. But, I mean, what an unbelievable performance. And, yeah, it's just so much fun to – I mean, I'm a Bears fan, and I sit there and I can't wait to watch the Packer game because I want to see what uh, uh, what Lazard's going to do. So, he's been a blast to, to watch the last – you know, last half of last year and then, obviously, the first few weeks of this year. Um, yeah. I talked to him after the game. We're going to try and get him on here later in the fall. Um, he did say one thing to me that I, I – was going to say, what did he say about, I, like, Rodgers? I can't yeah. believe – yeah, you, you can't wait to talk well, about Well, this is – I've always, I've always considered him one of the more – one of the more intelligent people I've ever met. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> you're throwing that out there now. So I, I shot him a message after the game and I just said, bro, like dot, dot, dot afterwards. He goes, and he wrote back and said, this is what it must have felt like to have Brett. And I about, he about blocked him. He about got his like contact deleted. I said, uh, I said, ha ha, he'll be thrilled to hear that comparison. Um, and just told him that how much fun it was and, uh, to watch him this year and that, uh, you know, he's got the whole state and, and all of Cyclone Nation behind him. But what a comment to compare Aaron Rodgers, 12, to my quarterback and co-host, Brett Meyer. Brett, what are your thoughts on that, bud? I mean, I think he's spot on. Like, I don't really think <laughs> Rodgers is that much better than me for being no, – I'm kidding. Um, I'll just talk about, like, Rodgers, the throw he made. So, like, he's rolling out to his oh. left. And I just like he he's so he's in sync with everything he's got all like, the way. I think yeah, it's like well he yeah he has some yeah. I mean that's why it's like I think Mahomes is 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 everything, but I do think that Rodgers is the more talented thrower. Like they're right there, but I just I don't know that I've ever seen anybody put together the tape that he has. And it's like he's rolling left, flips his hips, in a span of about a half a second, the ball is just on a rope, right? And I mean it's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable. And I mean, that, you had a great catch by out on the other end too. Yeah, I mean, uh, fantastic. Uh, you know, concentration to come down with that thing, and then got rewarded a couple plays later with the touchdown, um, and then came back later in the in the game in the second half and caught the long seventy-two yarder or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's just that's so much fun to watch. You know, to watch a cyclone, to watch a a guy who, you know, I don't know him well, but but we've talked in the past and have a, a little bit of a relationship just based on the fact that he um, kicked me basically completely off the record books at Iowa state. Um, so it's, it's fun to watch him be successful and, uh, you know, what a great guy and, and a hard worker. And it's, I mean, I just keep saying over and over, just, it's so much fun to watch him have success. Um, so for a bears fan like myself to, to get up every Sunday and want to watch the Packers, that's telling you something. Hey, you got Nick Foles in now. I finally got rid of Mitch. Mitch is so bad. I'm so good. The only thing Mitch has done for the Bears is he saved the Bears a half a billion dollars on the, the $500 million uh, contract that Mahomes got from the Chiefs. That's the only positive, I, I, I guess. You know what's crazy? I can almost guarantee what's happening without even being there. It's like the Bears are just turning on the film and just watching how many like plays that are just there. Because Nagy's like Andy Reid guy. You know he's scheming. You know guys are open. Oh, yes. And he just doesn't make the, the basic plays. And like Foles comes in, same plays. Maybe, you know, maybe not, you know, the quarterback runs and maybe, you know, not as much more from the pocket, but like schematically, it's just guys are there, guys are open and he's just hitting them three touchdowns. And you know why? Because like, he's an NFL level quarterback. Even if he's an NFL level, he's probably one of those guys that's like, he's a great backup. I don't know if he's a, you know, a great starter in the NFL. Who knows? He's a great backup because he can still win you a ball game for the backup position. You know, if yeah. he has to get in there. He's not an A plus starter. We know that. But compared to Mitch, he looks oh, like a Hall of Famer. The funniest thing yeah. is like, yeah, I mean, I, I just, 
Yeah, it's hard to watch. I mean, Trubisky, honestly, <laughs> is probably somebody who, and I'm not even exaggerating or trying to hate, like he probably is like a third to fifth round pick and a career backup. Who he started for one year. He was not good enough to start at North Carolina until his exactly. senior year. And the guy starting in front of him, tell me, what, do you remember his name? Didn't play down in the NFL. No. That should tell you know. all you need to know. And for some reason, he has, I think he had like a 3,000 yard, you know, 25 touchdown, like seven or eight pick season. Great. There's, there's 50 guys that can do but that. What in do the Bears now. do? They throw a bunch of money at Sean Glennon from the Bucks. They throw, they throw him a big contract. Hey, he's our guy. And then come back a couple months later in the draft and move up, trade up. Nobody wants to take Mitch. They don't need to trade up. They could trade down and get still get Trubisky. They trade up to the second pick and take Mitch Trubisky over the last two MVPs. I mean, or I guess uh, Mahomes and uh, Deshaun Watson were available. And this offseason, and I know that there was some uncertainty about injuries. Cam like, Newton. They could have had Cam. Cam's playing pretty well right now. Like he's, if nothing you know, else, Cam Newton is going to put butts in the seats. I mean, I guess it's a moot point this year because people can't go to games. But, yeah, I mean, Cam Newton is a former MVP, and he's a guy that's at least proven that he can do it at this level. Maybe you take a flyer and you say you don't know if his shoulder's fully healthy. But, man, even Cam Newton at 80%, he can still run the ball – him throwing the ball at 80% and running the ball like he does is better than anything Mitch can do. I don't know if anyone out there can tell him completely over Trubisky. He can never play another down for the Bears, and I'd be thrilled. Hey, they got David yeah, Montgomery, so I'm watching. But, all right, let's talk about this. You, you were talking about, like, Big 12 Stadium. And no, like, one, what last, was one last thing before we get to that. What do you think about Akeem Butler getting picked up by the Eagles uh, as a tight end? Yeah, I'm rooting hard for him, too. I think he – Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it didn't work out in Arizona, but – He's he's yeah. I saw. Is he really going to play tight end? I think so. He's listed at six four two twenty seven. So I mean, he's yeah. you know ten pounds, thirteen pounds to get to two forty. He's he's you know damn near. A, uh, he'd be a little on the on the lean side for a tight end, but in the NFL nowadays, with the the pass catching tight ends, you split him out from the line a little bit. As athletic as he is, and as the kind of matchup problems that he can create, and what we saw him do, the kind of catches and plays he made at Iowa State. Uh, I'm really happy to see him get a chance to get signed to an active roster and um, to a team that, you know, needs some help in the pass game. And, you know, I, I think he's one of those guys that just, he needs the right system, needs a little bit of, a, of the right fit, but he's got all the tools and he's 24 years old. So Yeah, I, I would agree. I love that he's getting an opportunity and it, it's great to see, obviously, another Iowa State guy, wide receiver. Yeah, I just hope he, I just hope they're not, putting him in a, in a position where he can't succeed but hey you're on a roster and you got an opportunity and yeah, exactly go do, go do everything man we're pulling for you so okay but okay before i cut you off there you were talking about so I, we we were kind of messing around talking about uh, this stuff earlier today and thought it might be fun to go through and I, I wanted to rank our favorite big 12 stadiums and we can go um you know the the stadiums that are currently in the big 12 so obviously adding um west virginia in there and uh, TCU, or I thought it'd be more fun to go through the ones we played. So the old Big 12, the true 12 teams, when you still had you know, A&M, Colorado, Missouri, Nebraska in there. Um, I mean, I think we both, you know, we're for different reasons. We'll kind of we'll kind of go through the list, starting at 12, the the worst team. I think we both will agree on that, the worst stadium we played in. Uh, just a brief reason why, and, and kind of move down the list here. So, I mean, my 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 number 12, the worst stadium that we played in. Uh, no doubt in my mind at all. There's, it's just a no-brainer. It's KU. I mean, it's just brutal. From the atmosphere, the fans, there was no fans there. They didn't say anything. They, you know, they didn't really want to be there. The ones that were there were only there because they were 
you know, dating one of the players and had to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a track around the stadium, so the fans are really far away. It's just a, a terrible game day atmosphere. Um, a bad team, although we were lucky enough to play them the one year that they were any good and they went to a BCS bowl game. But uh, Kansas, for me, was the worst, uh, the worst stadium that we ever played in as far as Big 12 teams. Yeah, I would say Kansas. I mean, I, we played them in 07. They were, I mean, they were good and it was full and it was still kind of a dud there. But I'll say, yeah, Kansas or Baylor. Um, we yeah, play, I mean, obviously their new lot. stadium's great, but when we played down there in their old stadium, I mean, it was like, it was a definition of a dump. Yeah. Number, uh, yeah. So my number 11 was Baylor. So I think we agree yeah, on that. Yeah, so we're right there, uh, and actually yeah. if we we're going new stadiums, I love their new stadium. Yeah. New stadium looks great. Right on the, right on the river right there. I think their new stadium's awesome, but their old stadium, they couldn't fill it. So they had these big tarps that had like their logo and BU that they had to cover half the seats with, uh, to make it look like it wasn't as empty. Um, Again, bad football team at the time um, and bad stadium. Obviously, they have a new one now, so that was my number 11. Um, moving down the list here, my my, tenth, uh, my number 10, our third worst, uh, was K-State. I think K-State Stadium sucks. It's just kind of generic. It's got the, the, you know, the upper deck on the one side. Um, again, I never felt like there was that much energy in the stadium, even though K-State's, you know, got some history and got some pedigree. Uh, I just was never really impressed with their stadium. It never seemed real loud. Um, so my number 10 stadium was K-State. Brett, what'd you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, K-State was – yeah, it is just kind of there. I mean, it's not – I'd say like K-State, Missouri, very similar stadiums that just kind of – and I know they've done things to them since we played in them. But, yeah, those are two stadiums that don't stand out. They're just kind of there. And, I mean, yeah, the rest of the stadiums, I'd say I'd put like Kansas State – Kansas, Texas Tech, probably. Yeah, there's going to be a chunk of stadiums that are pretty interchangeable from about. Yeah, Oklahoma six, State's there. I mean, I know they got, yeah, they got like the Boone Pickens money and it, it was nice. And Yeah, so my, remember, my, my nine was Texas Tech. I just, it was just kind of like a, eh, it's, it's a, it's a big 12 stadium. It wasn't that impressive. At eight, I had Oklahoma State, seven, Missouri, six, Nebraska. Nebraska's only up there. I think the stadium kind of sucks. It's kind of old. No, Nebraska needs to be history. way up there. What are you talking about? I didn't, I, I didn't think it was that cool. Six, it's not that okay. loud. It's all, it's all season ticket holders. That what? Are, you know, 65 plus. Yeah, there's a lot of them, but they can't yell very loud. Um, okay. I actually, I have it higher than Missouri just because of the history. I actually liked Missouri. I thought it was a cooler stadium. Kind of just sitting down at the bowl. They got the big M on the, on the hill in the end zone. Um, I mean, really, I like. Who cares Missouri about Nebraska. the M? Nebraska Stadium is. That was cool Nebraska. looking. Gosh, it's adorable. I like the M. No, okay, okay listen. Can't wait till we get to Jack Trash and get your uh, turf take. But go ahead. We're disqualified because our field's terrible. But okay, <laughs> Nebraska Stadium. Like, I love like good entrance. Like, I, I'm putting everything. So, like, the aesthetics from the outside of the stadium, it looks great. Okay, like it's a beautiful what, stadium from the outside. Looks great from the outside. I think it does. Like, look at it. just look it up. No, I, I did. I looked all of them up today to make sure I remembered all of them. But okay, so CTU was kicking in. I wanted to make sure I could remember which spot. Did was you just wet. call it CTU? CTE. Oh, from all the uh, really all the double coverages in, you threw me into. Once or twice. Okay, so now Nebraska Stadium. So like, I can remember. You walk out. You're obviously under. You're under one side of the stadium, and I can remember walking out like with the captains as they're doing the tunnel walk. It was yeah. just, it's so loud. And their, I, like, I, I will say that, their tunnel walk is cool. It's one of the they best. They show them the video yeah. all the way from there. Yeah, yeah. All no, the way I think, tunnel. yeah, Nebraska Stadium, um, I mean, they're not getting, let's just, you know, 
be honest, they're not getting extremely hyped for the Iowa State game and it being allowed. Like if it's what? a big, big game there, Nebraska Stadium is allowed. <laughs> um, okay, but, you're, yeah. you're, you're changing my mind a little bit. Nebraska no, should probably they be They deserve to be up there just for the sheer, like it, it's it's all red. It's it's a great atmosphere, an extremely fun atmosphere to play it's in. It's extremely bad for the environment when they release all the balloons. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. Um <laughs> Todd hate Green. to see that it's, Todd, probably, it's killing sea turtles somewhere Todd Green New Deal Blythe <laughs> <laughs> oh you saw my new uh, Twitter handle huh yeah no kidding um, but no Nebraska deserves to be up there I would say my favorite stadium to play in we're um, not there yet oh, I don't want to hijack Pump the I, didn't rank, I didn't rank these so <laughs> I did I had a little time okay alright so let's go so, so you, next you, at you, number five I had uh, Texas Okay. It's yeah. Uh, it's good. They're doing a lot of stuff to it right now. I think it's still under construction. The end zone. The fans when we played there were a little far away still because it used to have the track around it. Um, I think they've changed that. You know, it's been twelve years or whatever since we played there. Uh, Thirteen maybe. Um, so it's changed a little bit, but obviously that's another stadium that just has years and years and years of history behind it. Uh, great fans. Um, the. Uh, yeah, just the game day atmosphere in Texas was awesome. So I, I, I had Texas at five, and, and that was that was close between five and four for me. Number four, I had Oklahoma, um, another stadium that, you know, Oklahoma honestly reminds me a lot of Kinnick as much as I, you know, hate to give any good uh, – say anything nice about Kinnick, but the fans are literally right on top of you. I mean, all the, the fans sitting behind the bench, the bench is up against the wall, and the fans are right there. Um, and it's the same people every year because it's uh, – it's season ticket holders that sit there. So I, I had Texas at, uh, at five and Oklahoma at four. Oklahoma is simply, again, history, but then also just how close the fans are makes the atmosphere a cool place. Yeah, I think I, – I really enjoyed playing in Oklahoma. I mean, not the game. I got knocked out one game, and we obviously got our butts kicked. But I'm talking about just the, the aesthetics of the stadium, the way it sets up, the fans. It is very similar to Kinnick in that they're right on you, mm-hmm. um, like legit, like right behind you, which is – you know, you have like a three-yard sideline and then, boom, brick wall fans. But, yep. um, yeah, I, I enjoyed Oklahoma. That was a fun place to – and, they, and where, you know what uh, number, the best thing about Oklahoma is they have a – they have Bermuda, Bermuda grass. grass. Yeah. Yep. So, just saying. <laughs> just like, waiting for that. Bermuda grass right. and field turf or nothing. This is – so you already want to start off the controversy talking about that. So, at number three for – this is, again, this is the Big 12 stadiums that we played in. At number three for me is Jack Trice. I might, I might catch some flack for that, but uh, I think You're our game racist. day atmosphere. That's what it is. You don't like that it's named after. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> okay, circling Wait back to the top, talking about politics again. I know, I know. I know. Um, okay, go on. No, uh, I think I think our fans tailgate better than anybody else. I think we have the best setup for tailgating. Best setup um, in the country. Not even absolutely. Close. I mean, again, to go back to Kinnick, what an absolute joke! You have to tailgate in random like neighborhoods and front lawns. Yeah, don't, Clint, don't I, I always said he's a dunk anyway. Kinnick, is, That's, yeah, you're having picnics before the game. That's terrible. Not Parking's terrible. Exactly. Bad town in general. Um, anyway, Jack Trice, I had a number three, and that's just because the. I'll just round out my my top three here. So Jack Trice is probably game day atmosphere is probably number one, um, but I had a three simply because Texas A and M. Um, Obviously, me and you kind of went off in that game on national TV, so that, that's a great memory for me. Uh, then also, I mean, their, their cheer, cheers that they do or their cheer practice before the game, they get the three levels all swaying. I mean, that Texas A&M is as impressive uh, a stadium as I've ever been in. 
Um, I thought I thought that was such a cool place. Yeah, to play. A&M was cool. We have good memories there. I remember when exactly. Mac was like lighting us up about not watching that, and we all just turn if, around. If I like, catch one person, turn around, <laughs> look at the fans. You're going back to the locker room, and then at, like first quarter, every single person on our sidelines turned around, staring at the fans as they're doing their sway back and forth. It looks like the stadium is rocking. Uh, yeah, that place is cool. But my number one was Colorado. I know it's not the Big Twelve anymore. I thought that was the coolest stadium. You kind of like wind up a mountain to get there. It's like this old, like stone brick uh, kind of construction. And it's just sitting on the side of a mountain. Uh, I thought that was, I thought, I, I still think Colorado's got one of the coolest uh, stadiums. Before the game, they run that Buffalo out of oh there. And it's right, it's right in front of the, uh, the visiting team's locker room. So we're all standing there kind of waiting to go out. They run this crazy Buffalo around the field. Apparently, it's like all just drugged up and, and, you know, they just have a pump full of tranquilizers because they just – they run it around the field and then they run it up onto this ramp into the trailer and it doesn't slow down at all. It, it just, just sprints into, into the trailer, trailer and like, just rams into the back of it right in front of you and it just like yeah. spooks the hell out of you. Um, but yeah. I, their, their stadium was awesome. The Buffalo Sweep, I mean, there's, there's probably not a cooler mascot other than um, when we played Colorado at our place uh, in 05 and our mascot actually came out, the, <laughs> the actual tornado, tornado cyclone. <laughs> but uh, I, Colorado's my number one just because uh, I love the playing football on the side of a mountain. Yeah, and it's hard to beat. I remember the the resort we stayed at had the most comfortable beds. I think I've ever, legit ever slept one? in them. Yeah, Matt <laughs> bought one. Like, it was just ridiculous. Like, yeah, uh, yeah everything about um, yeah playing in Boulder is uh, – it's big time. Yeah. Stadium suite. They got a bad grass field. That's probably the only downside, but yeah, would Jack that, Trice be higher on your list if they had field turf as opposed to uh, actual natural grass? Two things. I love Jack Trice special place in my heart. Obviously. Obviously. Um, we, I used to love like the best entrance was walking down the hill yes. like, out of the locker room, walking down Jams. the hill. <laughs> Yeah. Terrible song. Love you, Coach Mac, but that was a terrible song. But anyway, like walking down the hill. And then you remember our last year when Chiz had us like walking to the Jake? Yeah, we walked through the Jake. It's such out a that bad thing. entrance. Hey, you remember one of the first games where, because they used to uh, like hit the smoke, smoke bombs before? Ferg ran into the goalpost. No, yeah, that was the year was after. Was Ferg, right? Right? <laughs> yeah, he, he like went viral on YouTube. Travis Ferguson. Oh, former roommate of ours. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, but yeah, no, I, I love walking down the walking down the hill. I mean, obviously, Jack Trice has grown up a lot since we were there with bowling in the end zone, and, and you know, just everything that they've done with the place. I mean, it, it looks like a first class, you know, truly, you know, big time college football stadium. It had a little bit of a, I don't know, just a smaller feel to it when we were there, but I kind of liked that. I mean, it was it's kind of like, hey, we're not the biggest and the brightest and the best stadium, but you know, our, our our fans were going to show up and out yell and out drink anybody else in the country. And they, they showed that every Saturday. Even yeah, when we, we were on bad teams our last couple of years and we didn't win a lot of ball games. You know, they, we'd pull the bus through at the, before the game and, and, you know, you always drive the buses through the crowd and, and people are there early and they've been drinking since five in the morning. And I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, Iowa state's got the best fans and, and that plays a big part in, in what Jack Trice did for us as players. So. Yeah, I would agree. I think we do definitely have a home field advantage. And, yeah, a special place in my heart. But if we had field turf, and then they – That really put the cherry on top for you? Yeah. It just, I, I just thought it just looks in place so much better. But um, 
I know there's a lot of hardworking people who are extremely talented and take pride in our field, who take care oh, of the field. Go. So I'm not going to. What's, no what's that note card you're reading off of right now to make sure? Yeah, you, no kidding. No, <laughs> um, you know, nah, 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 come on now. They, they work hard and I, like, it, it's a good grass field, but I just obviously, it's, there's a better It's as option. good a grass field as you're going to find in the northern half of the United States. There's okay. It, there's no such thing as a good grass field. Like, okay, tell me a that's good. That's what I'm grass saying. Field. Relative to every other grass field that's up, it's you know north of Oklahoma. Anybody that doesn't have Bermuda, our field is by far the you best. Know the you know, Colorado's are... Colorado, my favorite stadium. Their field sucked. It was like playing in a park. You see Northwestern, their field sucks. Anybody else that has natural grass in the north, it's terrible. Jack Trice is actually in great shape and plays great all the time. We just can't not grow true. the type of grass that uh, that make it good. No, I, I, I'll leave our our uh, the fine folks that that well, take you're care wrong. of you. Just like half of the country in politics, you're just wrong. There's no gray area. There's no what I can, There's no common ground to be found. You're wrong, Todd. We're, that's not how we're going to do it. Okay, we need to respect <laughs> respect the other person's viewpoint. I respect your viewpoint, <laughs> even though your viewpoint. Is... Why'd you start laughing at the beginning of that sentence? <laughs> because I got even though your viewpoint is 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 antiquated it's stupid it's wrong grass fields like seriously <laughs> the atlantic trojan the trojan bowl has field turf oh my god and it is the most beautiful stadium probably in the state now on that on um, that note i think we're going to go ahead and wrap um next week we uh whoa, whoa. we are going to have a special guest next week uh, mark coberly director of sports medicine at iowa state associate athletic director as well um so mark coberly is going to come on uh Cobes is my guy i mean both of us you know, he's been there since the beginning. He was there all the way through with Mac. Um, he's seen everything. He put me back together on multiple occasions. He, when I tore my ACL after freshman year, he did my rehab every step of the way. Um, he, he's just, he's a dude. You guys are going to love him. So he'll, uh, we'll ask him kind of about what the COVID protocols have been like for Iowa State this year. Um, just go back in time and talk about some stories from, you know, maybe when we were there, before we were there, uh, as well as just his time um, spent, uh, you know, in the Cardinal and gold. So he, he's seen it all and done it all. And, and you guys will love him. Yeah. Coves is, um, Coves is the best in the country at what he does. He's well-respected. He's been there forever. We're lucky to have him. And it'd be interesting to pick his brain about like some of the changes he's seen. Cause you think about in the mid nineties when football, when he came here, it was two a days. It was concussions are non-existent. It was a, a lot of things to where we are now. And obviously COVID and everything. So you might be yeah. tired of talking about it, a, but yeah, it'd be interesting. Just interesting to know. Yeah. Yeah. We're lucky to have him. I, I know that knock on wood, everything that, that's happened right now for our team has been, you know, been positive and I know he's a big reason why. So I've been looking forward to catch up with the, with my man Cobes for sure. Absolutely. All right, buddy. You got a, anything else you want to talk about tonight? Nothing, man. I'm happy. My Lakers are, are rolling. Team LeBron. My Lakers. All my the way. Lakers. What an unbelievable comment just the ultimate front runner what are you talking about I, I've, I've legitimately always been a fan of every team lebron plays on Brad, we live together in are you a fan of iowa's together. nba team like who else are you gonna Even root a for? couple years after we, we were roommates for a long long time um and i don't think i've ever heard you talk about being a fan of lakers before tonight I'm a LeBron James fan. Don't even start talking about it. I know that. you LeBron legitimately James did not fan, mention is... the Chicago Cubs until they won the title. All of a sudden, you're a big Cubs what? fan. I've never heard you talk about the Cubs until they won. And I don't think you've talked about oh, them since. <laughs> what? I watched, them, I watched their absolute just disgraceful 5-1 to one loss in the wildcard game today. 
Is it a one game thing or is it three? No, it's best of three. So we come back tomorrow and but we had our, probably our best pitcher, you know, was throwing the best this year for us. Hendricks on the Hill today. And What's his name? First name, last name, full name. Hendricks. He fake ass fan. <laughs> no, I just, no, no, I just What's his name? The professor. <laughs> oh, damn. Come oh, on. I just had a complete brain fart. <laughs> no, you know, you just, you're, you're a fake fan. That's what uh, it is. I do, I do know that Lester, John Lester is on the Hill in game three. John Lester. There, yeah. Can he no. throw the first base yet? No, he's not going to pick anybody off. He's got the yips. Contreras will just back pick him if they get too far off uh, off first. So fake Cubs fan. I'll just say, oh, Cubs in the World Series, man. You know what? I grew up in Chicago. I'm, I'm a Cubs. Die hard just all make my it life. up. Make it up. <laughs> I'm an Atlanta Braves fan because I, I used, knew that. I remember that. From, yeah, from way back. Because they uh, they were always on. Yeah, because they were the best team growing up. Another front runner fan. When we were little. No, 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 no. We the only reason up, I'm a Braves fan is David because. Jeff, Fred McGriff, and Kenny Lofton. And no, obviously no, no. Greg Maddox and John Smoltz. God, they were an all-star team. Now I'm naming Andrew Jones. I'm naming these guys off. They were an all-star team. They had a great team. They had Javi. They had Chipper, Fred McGriff. Come on. Yeah, Rod Gant. I like, I actually like listening. Chipper Steve called the game today with the Cubs. Uh, I actually like him on the mic. Yeah, it's good. No, but for real, I was um, – I've always been a Braves fan, still am. I'm not as tired. I don't watch as much baseball, but just because they were always on, they were always on TV. So there you go. That's true. That TBS. That helped. Yeah, they were always on TBS. And then NBA wise, I was a Bulls fan because, I mean, I was born in Chicago. So I at least could be a Cubs fan, but not a fake one like you. But um, seriously, <laughs> though, you never once fan, mentioned that. They Cubs. won some titles. No, I get no, it. No, because the Bulls fan, because I grew up there. I was like, oh, I'm from Chicago. I like Chicago. Even though I'm not really from Chicago, but like I was born there, so I was a Bulls fan. I was gonna say, who else you born in the mid '90s? The Jazz. You you were <laughs> Jeff Hornis. Yeah, you were a Jazz fan. Anyway, is that a racial thing you're picking up there? <laughs> you look like Greg Ostertag. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need to cut it there. Oh, Whoever's man. editing this off podcast, the rails. Please cut that out. Please cut that. No, that's staying in. Greg Ostertag. <laughs> Big Country Reeves. Who else? All right. Well, now, I'm ha- now I have to hang up on you. It'll be bad until next Wednesday. All right. I won't make fun of you anymore. All right. Go Cyclones. BWU. All right, brother. All right man. See ya. Cheers. <laughs>